This is the Matters of Influence podcast, creating awareness and alignment today to become your best self tomorrow. With your hosts, Debbie Fratt and Terry Foster Nowland. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to our next session. And we are going to start a series um, around uh, the next couple of podcasts that we have. And the series is going to be Stories Matter. So, um, Terry, you want to just kind of share what, what caused us to kind of come up with this? Yeah, you know, we're in a time where Debbie and I are realizing with our coaching clients, especially, that we get focused on a message. And we forget about all the great things that are happening with the people around us. In fact, I believe that part of coaching is connecting. Mm -hmm. And when you connect people of like minds, there's going to be similar stories. And we know how powerful stories are. And uh, we started lining up all of these amazing people that could tell their story. You'll introduce Nancy here in a minute. And Nancy is one of them. I mean, Wow, her story is going to connect with a lot of people today. So that's where it came from. We're going to start telling some stories. And we're instead of just Debbie and I having a little chat around the table, which is where this podcast was created, we're going to have coffee around the table with a guest yeah. and talk about it. So yeah, absolutely. And and really our goal is is that um, you know, we want you to find the connection through other people's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, what we know is every story has lessons and every story has an impact. And today's guest is not any different. And this is somebody that I have known for several years and just, just an incredible woman and, um, Nancy Orman and Nancy has, I I think this has made the bestseller list. Am I correct, Nancy? It did. Yes. In like the first three or four days, I was on bestseller in several different categories. Yeah. 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 Well, it's amazing. And so um, it's stronger than I thought is the name of Nancy's book. And we'll definitely um, talk about where you can get a copy um, after that. But Nancy, just just tell us just a little bit, um, just a little peek of, of your story before we dive into really, I know our stories are always ongoing, um, but then uh, just tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Well, first, thank you guys so much for having me on. When you sent me that email, I thought, oh, how cool, because anytime we can share something that will help other people, that is always my goal. So thank you all for just giving me the opportunity. So, but anyway, just real quick, I am married. I've been married to my husband 39 years. We've had three children, two grandchildren, four grandcats. I have to say that because my daughter's got cats. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, I've been in Lubbock for seven years. And I guess, Debbie, that's probably when I met you was when I came to Williams here in Lubbock. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. So that's a little bit about Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, Nancy. Well, so, you know, part of it is, is I think with every story, Everybody has some defining moments, mm-hmm. moments that, that maybe in the time they don't realize they're a defining moment. And then later you realize there's a defining moment. So Nancy, share, share a defining moment that you had that I, I know you referenced several in your book, but I really would just love for you to kind of share a defining moment. And what did that lead to? Um, okay. I'm going to just, I'm probably going to jump to 2020 just real quick. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of fast. But 
in 2020, that was the year of COVID. So, you know, one of the chapters in my book is called My 2020, because mine really was not COVID. Yeah. But yeah. I was diagnosed with acute renal failure. And just this happened the very end of January or the very first of February of 2020. And I just went to the doctor in December and had all these tests done just for my annual. Everything was perfect. So during when I found that out, my kidneys has failed, you know, they had failed and it happened so fast. And yep. just one of the defining moments when you said that, I thought, oh, I remember it so well. But when I was in the hospital, like day, that was a defining moment just in itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was in the hospital and so many things I've learned through KW have helped me so much, but I was in the hospital one night and I had had this catheter put in because they were going to have to start me on dialysis and I mean here I'm going from perfectly fine to yeah. all of a sudden whoa this yeah. world with the things happened yeah. but I remember um laying in that bed that night because it had just been a whirlwind and um 10 minutes actually had come in to visit me just for about five or 10 minutes and I was on morphine and kind of with the pain from the thing but um with the catheter but anyway after he left and I went to sleep I was I awoke about three o'clock, three or four in the morning, and I just heard this in my spirit that said, quit fighting. I'm going to fight for you. You rest. And so, and that was just God speaking to me. I mean, I just yeah. believe that he was just talking to me, like, just quit fighting. I've got yeah. this. You yeah. rest. Wow. But the next morning, just real quick, what happened was I got to start my journaling because it had been so busy and I hadn't been able to journal. So I was able to journal on what I was focusing on. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, Nancy, I, I remember, um, I remember seeing you in the office right before you got admitted to the hospital and you had, you had come in from New Mexico and you weren't feeling well and you didn't really know what was going on. And then like the next day I learned that, you had been admitted to the hospital with the, so when you say quickly, that's how quickly it, things really, really transpired. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you talk about your journaling, um, but you, you had had, you had started your journaling a long time ago and you share that story in, in your book um, around that. Can you kind of, cause I know that that was, this was your latest defining moment and there's more to that story. And I definitely want to come back, but because you mentioned the journaling, Mm -hmm. Talk about that defining moment and what that what happened there, because I think that's a really powerful lesson. Yeah, and thanks for that, because I'm a big believer in journaling. Like, it's just such a connection piece, that word Terry said a minute ago. It's just connection with whatever it is that you might be attempting to connect to. But for me, I started journaling in 2006. So mm -hmm. my husband and I had been family coaches with a nonprofit organization here in Lubbock and we had learned to write letters to God to just it's not a diary it's a gratitude letter and it's like just what's on your heart so I started that in 2006 and that was what led me to the writing of my book and when it was time when it was God's timing all I had to do is just get my journals and pull the stories and it just flowed yeah yeah so when you started it wasn't the intent of writing a book necessarily it was just really to write Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. There was no intent of a book. And in 2010 and 2014, and this is in the introduction of my book, so I won't go into it, but I was, I was, had a word spoken to me that just said, you should write a book or you're supposed to write a book. 
And um, this happens to all of us, whether it's in business or whether it's just in our personal life. But I started writing that book. So maybe you're starting to do something and you get a discouraging word. Mm. I got a discouraging word from someone that looked at my first couple of chapters and it just set me back and I stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But then when I started back, I knew it was a timing, but God had to add to my stories. Yeah. It is not time yet for the book. So mm-hmm. he added to the stories. And when it was time, it was time. So, wow. That's a, that's a powerful statement to say, it just wasn't time. God wants to add to my story. That's huge perspective. Yeah. That's huge yeah. perspective. It really is. So, so God did add to your story after you were in the hospital with renal failure. And, um, just share a little bit about about that journey, uh, Nancy. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to start getting chills, but and I don't get emotional, but that's okay. Anyway, but yeah. So <laughs> in the hospital, um, when I got out, they I was on dialysis, you know, and and uh, I was I hated that because I, I was around sick people a lot, and they were there are some very sick people on dialysis, and it breaks my heart. When I went to my dialysis appointments, I had to take ammunition with me. And what I mean by that is I had to take my iPad. I had to take my, I love to color scripture books and stuff. So I took that with me. I took my music with me. I took my Mm. Bible with me. I took all these things with me to keep my mind focused on what I could to stay in a good place. Because there were maybe two other people in that whole room who had something to focus on our yeah. focus is so important and we get to choose that yes yes we do yeah and um so and this was all during covid too yes so, so not only were you going through dialysis um but the whole world around us was going through covid and so right. i can only imagine um the isolation that you must have felt yeah. during all of that yeah the isolation was huge and when I look back at that I still think sometimes how did we get through that because really I've been there for almost two and a half years I've not been able to go places because what happened after that was people in the dialysis center started getting COVID and my doctor came in one day and said you're going to have to have a kidney transplant so we need to get you on the list Mm -hmm. so this is all new to me so I'm still like going okay what do I do next and then the next thing I know we're doing dialysis at home because we chose to do PD at home and we had to be trained and that was scary I was like I'm not a nurse I don't want to do this at home but yeah we did it because we had to yeah and uh then I got on that liver or on that kidney transplant list and that was where the next miracle came yeah yeah. Talk about, talk about that. Yeah. So when um, he told me we had to have a transplant, I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? Of course. So my kids, I, I have two children that are living. We lost our other son. Um, and that's part, that part is in the book too. He was a crop duster. And, but anyway, my other two kids just said, okay, what do we do? You know, what, what can we do? And I had y'all seriously, I had six people who reached out to me and said, we want to get tested. We want to get tested. We want to get tested. And they were the same. They thought they were the same blood type. We never got that far with it, but there were people lined up because of connection. Yeah. To give you a kidney. Yes. And so my daughter went first and she wasn't a match, but she was willing to do paired matching, which is a whole other story. We could talk about a whole other story. (laughs) My son went and my son tested and it took a long time. And 
that's where our faith really, we really had to stand strong on what we knew and not what it looked like around us because this is when COVID was going on and his blood tests were not coming back correctly. They thought he had some kind of a um, parasite in him from a foreign country. He had never been to a foreign country. So they had to send it to the CDC. Well, we're doing COVID stuff, you know, so time. So one of the biggest lessons in that, and this isn't anything, delays are not always denials. Mm. Mm. Oh, beautiful. They're, they're just yeah. not all denied. So eventually he was approved. And the same day he was approved, Keller Williams had an event that I didn't even know they were doing and they had done a fundraiser. And I have chills talking about that because we were blown away at everything that had happened all in that one day. So God's faithfulness just started showing through and things just started getting rolling after that yeah yeah so to to fast forward um um you guys went through the kidney transplant and it was successful yes um what was what was that experience like going knowing that um your son was was the one donating um a kidney to you you know that was <laughs> super special because you know we lost our other son and and um that was <clears throat> pretty tough thing to walk through and just for this son to be able to come back and give me life you know when he was born I gave him life but yet he came back and gave me life and I was a little torn with that decision I kept going back and forth thinking and this was that negative thing but it was like what if he needs it for somebody else what if he what if he needs it later if he gets sick and what you know what all these things yeah. and then it was like I just heard in my spirit again like I've got him covered everything's good I've got him covered so it was a big deal for him to come in and, and it wasn't even a choice for him he was like just mom back off it's not even there's not a question we're doing this <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know I want to I want to say something real quick because I believe it ties into what you're saying Nancy you know in part of your book you you have everyone draw out a circle out and you have them write commit trust delight and rest and what you just said about trust is huge because um and I'm sure this will come up because people that can connect to you through your losses, um, knowing that you lost a son, that you weren't planning on at all. It was, you know, tragic. And then to have a son that would say, mom, let me help you live. And then your heart, you just had to trust. You just had to trust God. You had to trust the process. You had to trust your son, frankly, mm -hmm. in that moment, right? Right. And when you said those words, I'm thinking, okay, Terry, how would you have felt if one of your children, you'd lost a child and another one was willing to step up? So there was major trust that, that stepped into that process. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, anyway, I, I, that just connected to me because yeah. you do a lot of great acronyms in your book. And then you do, um, you, you take people into that cycle. And it just took me, it just put you in that cycle in my brain when you said yeah, that. I yeah. totally get that. And I remember how my husband felt because when we were, uh, even before we went to Dallas for the surgery, but when we were going to the hospital, I could just tell he was just so worried. And he goes, well, it's not, I mean, he said, it's my son and it's you too. And so he mm. was concerned, like you're both going in there, like 
you better both come out, you know, I yeah. mean, you yeah. just like got real nervous there at the end and I was just like, it, it's going to be okay. And yeah. it was the coolest thing after the surgery because I was sitting up in my bed and Scott was not feeling too good. Like he didn't get up first. I was able to get up first, but they let me, he was across the hall from me. And so they let me get up and they helped me walk to his room and he was laying in the bed and I'm just thinking, Oh my gosh, like, it was just amazing to see him and I got to go over and hug him and he was just hurting, but you know, it was just to be able to see each other after it, and everything was working. It was like on the <laughs> operating table, it was working. They were like, man, that's a good old kidney. <laughs> so, and I got to have a Diet Coke. I was so excited. Get our priorities straight, right? I want to go. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh gosh, I just love that. I love that. Well, um, and and the great news, and that's been um, that's been uh, almost two years now, right? Yeah, it's been a year and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yep, that's and everything. And yeah, I go every month and get labs done, and it's been perfect. Like everything's been perfect. I, you know, yeah, it's been perfect. Yeah. So I have no yeah. complaints. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so Nancy, as you've kind of gone through your your journey, um, as Terry mentioned, you had loss of a son, which is absolutely tragic. Um, you've you've always been a part of of giving back, and um, through the family coaching that you've done, you've done some other speaking at women's conferences. So you're always you're always giving back and giving to others. Um, Part of it is what what are what are the biggest lessons that not only you've learned but those that you share in your book that you really want other people to really hear? Man, I love that question because you know my book talks about adversity and going through the pain and going, but with each thing that I went through, I had lessons to come out of it that you can take and apply in your life. And I would say the the, and this gives me chills again, but the biggest thing that I want to portray with that book and the biggest message I want people to take away is there's a quote that I use in there and I get so excited about this quote because it is a book about hope and you know that's pretty broad range right now even I have a chapter about the Ukraine in there about getting to go to the Ukraine and um, man it's really timely right now because of the message that's in that book but The message I really want to portray with my book is that um, the quote says, um, what is the biggest bridge into the lives of other people? And that biggest bridge is a bridge of hope. So how do we know, even though there's all this stuff going on, like Terry was talking about earlier, there's so much going on right now. How do we know there's still hope? So it's like this, number one, you're still breathing. Number two, if you're still breathing, that means you're still here, right? Uh And then number three, because you're still here, that means your purpose hadn't been fulfilled yet. Mm. So number four, since your purpose hadn't been fulfilled yet, the most exciting part of your life is ahead of you. So if people, and there's a number five too, but if people could just understand and embrace that that like man I am still here so yes. if I could just see that the most exciting part is still ahead of me instead of maybe some different thinking then yeah. it would change your perspective on life 
Yeah. And then the number five is there's more time. There's more time for more wisdom. There's more lessons to learn. There's more people to help. There's just more hope. Yeah. So that's what I want to just the message I want to give. Yeah. I love it. Well, and your your story um and, and your life is an example of hope. Um and your book is definitely um definitely a, a message of hope as well. Terry? Yeah. Well, one of the things I've got your book like marked and uh, because I love the way, number one, uh, no matter what you believe spiritually, you give hope through um, backing your beliefs up with examples in the Bible and scripture. So I connect with that on a high level. And yet some of the acronyms, like I mentioned earlier, that you've put in your book, you know, the one, the one I've got marked in my book is grace, right? Mm -hmm. So go, which I like to do a lot <laughs> and I forget that rest sometimes, right? So go, the R is reckless. Uh, A is abandon. C is confident. And then E is expectation. So when you said hope a minute ago, of course, my brain went back to that. And expectation means you're expecting usually something good, right? We, we, we could expect bad things to happen, but hope ties in with expectation. So I would love to know, based on that, where did you get the words? Like, I, 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 you define them in the book, so people need to get your book and read it to see it. But what, what, like, how did you get those words, like go and reckless, uh, you know, that that's a great question. I still remember exactly how it happened because my husband and I were going home from, we had been to Clovis to visit family. We were going home to Dallas and, and um, I had been telling him on the way back that I just really felt in my heart, I needed to step outside of my job that I was working and just be an entrepreneur because I had a side business at the time and it was going pretty good. And so I was thinking about that go, but, <laughs> but we were going through a little town close to Dallas. It's called Boyd, Texas. And there was one of those little marquee things at the church outside the church. And it talked about grace and it says his grace is sufficient. And I just thought grace. And I had my journal with me and I wrote it down. And then when I got home, I started looking at grace. So I just looked up the definitions of it. And then I just start. I love to do acronyms. And so I just started looking up, um, well, I didn't start looking up words. I just started thinking about words that would go with the G. And so I've tied it in my book into scripture talking about just going. And, you know, the whole thing of that was like, I think so many people let fear <laughs> hold yeah. them back. Yeah. And it's fears of like, what if it doesn't work or what if this or what if that? And that's just the first one. But it's just like, you've got to sometimes let go and just go and again, trust and don't fret and resist good things coming to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that word reckless can be dangerous, but yet you need that, right? You need to be reckless to get through pain, yes. to get where you want to go. And sometimes we take that word and we put it in a different perspective. And when I read that through, I'm like, yeah, how reckless am I? Like, not very. <laughs> yet uh, reckless is what got me through my year of 2013, yep. honestly. So there are... I believe that's going to connect to a lot of people because we we work with amazing business people mm -hmm. and they go, go, go. And they're possibly really reckless um, in their endeavors to get where they need to go and what they want to do with their family. And most of the people we work with are very con confident. But what I hear when we start, when I'm listening to you talk is 
how powerful would it be for all of them to tell their story? Yeah. Because there is a story in every one of us that others don't know. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, there is. And stories are so important. And, you know, some people think, oh, I could never do that. Like what you do and talk in front of all these people. You don't have to. That's right. Like one little conversation at the coffee table or at the coffee shop with a cup of coffee or on the phone or just one little bitty thing can help somebody from your story. And I took a testimony workshop in Dallas and I learned all about you know, different ways that we should share our testimony and the things that don't matter and the things that do matter. And every story matters. I mean, every story matters. Yeah. Somebody's got a story. Everybody has a story. I love yeah. it. I agree. I love that. And I agree. So what would you challenge everyone with as we kind of start wrapping up? Boy, that's a great question. One of the biggest challenges I would, I would, put out there right now is the one thing that I learned when I was in the hospital and it was about what are we focusing on Mm. and I would encourage everybody to take a look at that because of what we mentioned before about all the stuff going on right now and we can sit and listen to the news and you know what that makes you feel like but if we really think about what we're focusing on and we put the things that we know above that so we focus on our circumstances and what's in front of us and what's going on that's making all these emotions go on if we can just change our focus to the things that we know and for me it was scripture that tied me back to what god says that's only that's not ever going to change his word so i always tied it to that and that was what kept me focused when I was sick. I was like, if you would have seen my kitchen, you would have laughed because I had stopped paper all over the cabinets with <laughs> Psalms 91 all over the kitchen. But it was just a reminder to stay focused on this, not yeah. circumstances. So that's a great challenge for everybody. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Whether it's you focus on energy or you focus on God or you focus on friends and family, yep. you know, whoever it is, yep. find that focus, exactly. find that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nancy, you, you have a a beautiful story of hope. And um, I just want to remind everybody again, your book is stronger than I thought Mm -hmm. and um, a bridge to uh, a bridge of hope through heartache and finding your breakthrough into sore. And I I love all of that. I also love the fact that uh, I, I know this was probably in honor of your son that on the cover of that book, there's a crop duster. Yeah. The crop yeah. disciplines. So what a beautiful way to, uh, to honor him and everything that he is. And I know he's, he's, um, he's definitely still with you and still, um, sharing that story and giving hope to other people too. So beautiful, beautiful story. Thank you very yeah. much. And they can get it at Amazon. Where else can they, can they purchase your book? Just amazon.com or if they're local in Lubbock, I mean, I keep them on hand. So. Okay. All right. Keep them on hand. So if you're listening and you're in Lubbock, go see Nancy for sure. So, yeah. and you do, and you do speaking events. So I do, I do speaking events and I also have a website, which is just nancyorman.com. So they can go on there and click too, but okay. I have a workbook that goes with the book if they want that. So they'd have to request it from my website, but it's an awesome workbook. Awesome. It takes all the things from each chapter that I learned and want to help people with, and then they can put it in their own. Yeah. To that. I love that. Awesome. I love that. That's beautiful, Nancy. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to thank you for sharing your story of hope. And I'm going to go ahead and close this out here. 
Okay. Thank you, Nancy.